better or for worse, nothing is permanent. And you find yourself transitioning from one job or place to another. Being between these moments can be daunting due to the strange unfamiliarity. Is the grass truly greener on the other side? Or do you just make a very terrible mistake? This is Turn and Face the Strange. You said grass is, is the grass always green on the other side. I, I've, I've moved around quite a bit. I've, uh, I've had, in my time in service here, I've had one, two, let's see, let me count, one, six, six job changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell you that the grass isn't always green on the other side. And to it, you almost have to be, there's going to be bullshit no matter where you go. It's just to what level are you willing to put up with, right? Right. Um, some of it, you know, I went to places and like one of the jobs I went to and it lasted eight months and that was, and I chose to leave because the manager was caught embezzling money and this other stuff. And I was like, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge here. I was like, I'm not going to be attached to this crap. And, and so I chose to move on, you know, and then other companies I moved to, I'm like, Hey, this isn't too bad, but you know, but it wasn't good for the family life. Like it was okay for me, but for my family at home, the hours I was gone and the time I was gone wasn't good for them. And so you have to, you have to just pick and choose what you want to do and what you're willing to put up with. You know, obviously pay, pay is probably the number one reason. I mean, crap management is why most people leave their job. Mm -hmm. And when they move on to another job, they usually go for the hopes of better management on the premise of they're getting better pay. Right. Right. So they go to the next job for more pay and hoping that they get better management. And sometimes you do. And sometimes you really don't. Sometimes you get over there. Like, hey, I got more pay. But holy cow, this is some bullshit, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember um, I think it was on Facebook or Instagram. We put up a meme. It was about it was about transitioning. And this one um, listener said, it's like the grass is always greener uh, right next to the septic tank. And. I I could I wanted to laugh so hard because that's that's true for a good amount of cases where like it, it does seem a lot nicer, but that's only skin deep. And then once you actually go down into the dirt, that's when you really find all the all the buried shit or the septic tank. And like you were saying, right? Like um, sometimes it almost all the time it's because of bad management. Uh, sometimes it's the hours that just doesn't work out for you or yourself or the family. Maybe the travel time is just too much of a commute. Um, Maybe the amount of work you're doing for the amount you're getting paid is, is is in question. Whichever the case may be, is like something about your current position is just not sitting well with you, right? And it's in one way or another is affecting your quality of life outside of work, along with inside, or or sometimes right, like your the job is good, the people are decent, but uh, all the stuff that's happening outside of it is just not working out for you right like other right. departments are just not getting with it um again like say the commute time or the family time is just not there or another department's boss is like really trying to push for demand and it just has nothing to do with you but somehow it is affecting you right uh yep. i see this happen a lot especially now being in the quality assurance uh department again is quality assurance it and anywhere outside the military is um, a support role so that 
that kind of tells everybody who we're inspecting that we're there to support you. Like we work underneath you. So they get like this chip on their shoulder thinking like I can tell quality what to do. Right. Or if quality is being too much of a dick to me, I can just go to my boss. My boss talks to our boss or to quality's boss and they, and they put them in line and they, they shut up in color. And I don't know where they get this idea. Maybe because it's the support role that we, that they keep hearing or that's keep getting pushed into their brain. But quality is there to make sure you guys are doing your shit right. Right. Uh, and you're, mm-hmm. It's also there to make sure that the stuff that the customer put out is being adhered to, to a degree of error. So when we, when we're being dicks to you, it's not because it's personal. It's because that's what we're being held to. If it passes through your, your line with our signature on it and it gets dinged, we're the first ones to get it. Or even if it wasn't your fault, it, regardless if it was our fault or not, if something goes wrong, it's instantly our ding. So we, you get your, you get your face slapped enough times, you'll start being a dick too, you know? Yeah. With the quality thing, you know, I always, I always tell them, um, it's better me to find it than for a uniformed, uh, quality assurance person or like DCMA official to find it. Right. Right. Far better, far better. The fail come from me, uh, than, than one of them, because if one of them fail you, uh, that's, that's contractual, uh, hits. Yes. Me, me, I'm just me. I'm just making sure, you know, you're not going to kill yourself or hurt the, hurt the, hurt somebody else or the asset, but is much more negative repercussions. Should the government find these faults? Um, right. And so in the transitioning side of things, this is my first time in a quality assurance uh, uh, role. And I have to say, I was, I'm still pretty nervous. I still got a lot to learn. Um, and, you know, every job has its BS for sure. You know, and that you just kind of have to go into it with that. But one thing I do appreciate is that um, I, I'm not micromanaged. They just say, here, here's what needs to get done. And I've built a good reputation with the guys on the floor. So they know, like now they know that, hey, man, like we, we messed up. Hey, they'll call you out to the hangar. Like, can you, can you like, what do we do? Can you help us? Can you this? Because I know I'm not, gonna, not just going to bury him right away. Right. You know, they're like, hey, like, can, can you help us with this? Like, what should we do? Do I need to fill out anything? Is there anything you need to do? Like, we just want to talk to you first before this shit goes sideways. I'm like, hey. Well, oftentimes, like, uh, nah, we do have to fill out a, a form for this or whatever else because something got damaged, a piece of age equipment or whatever else. But sometimes I'm like, hey, you guys just you guys just got a little ahead of yourself and you kicked over a bucket and you got fuel everywhere. Just just clean it up. Nobody's nobody's any worse for the wear. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, <clears throat> don't don't uh, don't sweat that. Don't sweat the small stuff is kind of what I say. But in transitioning to this job. There's all things that come into play. You know, you're talking about pay. What are benefits? That's a that's a major thing. A lot of a lot of especially young guys don't look at, at is um benefits, you know, what kind of things that does it have? Not not only, you know, medical wise, right? That's important, but you know, like the micromanage thing. You and I have both come from a realm where we've been micromanaged into oblivion and it's just like no matter what you do, you're wrong. Yeah. And we were and and being and been told that by management. Well, you know, you no matter what decision you make, you'll always be wrong. One, you'll just be a little less wrong than the other. What the hell kind of the hell kind of what am I supposed to do with that? 
now I don't want to make any decision. Well, that'll be an ass chewing too. Like, oh my gosh. Right. So, so like in this current role, not being micromanaged, just being treated like an adult for once. Um, and then, but also, you know, having some authority, like walking onto the floor and people going, Oh, you know, good morning. Good morning, Mr. QA, you know, whatever else. Not that I, not that I expect that, but when you talk, you're listened to. Yeah. You're not just ignored, right? Mm-hmm. You, they approach you with questions. They do this. They do. Nobody, you know, nobody's nobody's stepping on you because they uh, think you're uh, only a support entity. They know that they know, and they 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 know that. Hey, look, he's here to help us, and that's what I've said. He's here to help us. But fuck up enough times, I got. I'm going to hammer you. You know yes. what I mean? And so there's that there's that kind of respect, right? We all get along. We all do that thing. But there also is that, hey, uh, just because we're cool doesn't mean you get get out of jail free cards all the time. Right. And uh, and I've said this to a lot of individuals, uh, both as my current role as QA and then just QA in in the whole lifespan that I've had. Um, I will tell them, like, it's better for me to reject, give you a reject or uh, return to shop uh, notice than for me to have to write like a nonconformance report or uh, a hazardous material report and it has your name blasted all over it you'd rather right. you'd rather get the reject or the return to shop than the than the nonconformance i promise you because once the non when the nonconformance goes up everybody and their mother from you up to like the the next higher customer level like is gonna read this and your name's blasted all over it so that pretty much blacklists you for a whole lot of stuff depending on how bad it was if it's something like Oh, uh, you you caused a three ply nick on a two ply max tolerance. Okay, I'm, whatever. But like some other stuff, like you uh, like say for safety violations or for uh, um, like uh, process violations. Oh, you're done. Like you're, you're blacklisted for life, right? So yeah, and so to and so to tie this back into the job transitioning. So we've started a thing recently, right? Because we're like, hey, you know, we keep hammering you guys for the same stuff, and you tell me, you tell us you're going to fix it. What are you really, and we're, you know, we're talking to the program management. What are you really going to do to fix it? You know, what, yeah. what, what's your, I mean, other than just talking to the individual, what, what is your, so they've started a thing where they've actually started decertifying people. No kidding. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you, some of those guys are real bitter about it. And they're like, man, hell with this. I'm out. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about it on the floor. I said, that's fine. I said, are you leaving the company altogether? No, I've been here enough years and I, I like the company. I want to stay so I can build up my time and what is this and that. I said, I said, okay, well, you're pissed off and want to leave because you were decertified. What does that look like on your resume when you go to the next program? Hey, uh, I, I just couldn't be bothered to follow with processes and procedures. So I was decertified on X amount of things, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'd really like to come work for you on your program. I was like, how does that look, man? You know, I was like, you got to be smart about it. Right. I said you can't just act like a pouty child when you don't get your way. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Like I'll show them. Like nah, they don't give a they don't give a damn. Yeah, that's one thing you got to remember. All most of these, especially big companies, even small companies, you're just a number. Ain't nobody. They they can tell you all day long that they care about you and that they really want to see you succeed in this net. But at the end of the day, you're just a number, and you need to remember that. I'm not saying be a dirt bag and 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 slack off on your duties and and responsibilities, but also know that that you're just a number and they'll replace you tomorrow if 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 they want to. 
right? Nah. So keep yourself as current and as up to date and as as accredited as you can for that next that next job. Right. Uh, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit to go on to to emphasize your point you mentioned about like uh, when when is it time for you to move on? What's that trigger pull or that button push that makes you want to move on? And to summarize some of the feelings we or some of the stuff we mentioned is there come, there's going to come a moment where if you have to psych yourself out when to wake up and get to work and you're just like in this total blur of a of a time period or you're, you're just like going through life, just like whatever, man, I'm just muddling through the dirt or I'm just waiting in the muddy water. That's probably a good sign that like it's time for you to move on. Right. Or yeah, or you daydream about getting in a minor car accident just so you have an excuse to not go that day. Right. Yeah. Like, possibly the next day. Like you're you know what I mean? Yeah, like risk of injury or like thoughts of uh of um hurting yourself or so, or something like that, or you start valuing objects more than your livelihood. It's probably a good sign, like you need to move on, man. So oh, yeah. now now that we've uh now that we talked about like what's the trigger pull, right? And you you kind of crossed into it about like um when, when, when does uh, preparing turn into over, over analyzing? You know, like when are you overthinking it and when are you actually like thinking of moving on, right? Because sometimes uh, you're, you're kind of in this um, line, you're, you're teetering the line between like, do I really want a new job or is it, is it just a bad day? Or am I really like hitting that point where it's time for me to move on? So you kind of like have that little bit of anxiety. Like, am I just thinking too hard or, or is it really just that bad? <laughs> That's a great point. You you bring that up because most people don't just wake up and say, "I'm going to go. I'm going to quit my job today." And that's it. Mm-hmm. it. It's months and months, even years, maybe in the making. Where, like you said, is it, man? Am I just am I just being a baby today? And and it's just a it's just a bad day, and I'm not handling it very well. Is it is it because my job actually is garbage, and I don't get treated very well for the amount of shit that I have to deal with? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know. Is it um, I've one of those things like I've I'm too comfortable in my position and therefore I'm not being challenged anymore, mm-hmm. and so I'm finding faults. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm 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 inputting faults where there are none because I'm not being challenged enough, so my mind's not occupied and I'm thinking of other things. Um, it could be a combination of any of this, but most people, you know, it's 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 months to a a year more in the in the thought process of of no i'm gonna i'm gonna find something else you know right and then sometimes you know like you're you're so against the unfamiliar that you just decide to just suck it up and stay because you don't want to transition to something brand new or start over or having to deal with the same bs on from day from square one again you know um like going like going from the military to civilian life in my case right like okay i'm used to being hammered by the rules i'm used to being hammered by shitty management i'm used to being uh treated like this like a glutton for punishment at that point yeah it's like and then, but then like you come yeah, there was moments man where like i could have quit well before uh my 15 years and i was like um should i just stick around because i it's the i know it's bs but i but it's familiar bs you know like i already know how to deal with it Versus like going right. into something else where like, I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea how the company operates. I have no idea what they, how they handle things. So like, do I want to start from square one again? Or should I just stick with the familiar? You know what I mean? 
Right. And well, a lot of guys are like, hey, I don't want to start over again because I've got time and service here. So I don't have to work as hard as the newer guys. And so, but I hate my job because it's so much extra BS that I have to deal with in meetings and looking after these new guys. But if I go start over again, that means I'll have to turn wrenches again. And I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. Right. Okay. We'll find a job where you don't have to. No, but that means I don't have, I'm not a senior. Like I can't tell certain people to go French themselves. You know what I mean? Because, because, um, I don't have that time in service. Like I can't be brand new and tell them like your ideas, your ideas fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. No, you can't. But that, but then I'm like, so to wit, if that's your case, then you just got to suck it up and you can't complain anymore. You, you chose to stay in the, in the madness. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a big one too, because you would have, have individuals, man, like you said, like a glutton for punishment, but they also don't want to start over. And they and they're kind of you and they kind of like that idea. Like I can tell people to go French themselves, or I can, uh, I can treat the the nuggets or the new guys how I want, yeah. and I'm established it's, enough where I can't get in trouble. You know, right? Yeah, nobody nobody can really tell me anything because I've been around for so long. Um, so I hate my life, but but I'm not willing to give. I'm not willing to give that sort of seniority or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. up for a better better position yep now uh, even though say like you're you're gonna suck it up and drive on whatever the case may be you should always be prepared for that next step always because you never know like sometimes like your company's gonna last forever and you're gonna stay in your position but in most cases um either they're cutting down on their department they're laying a bunch of people off something like covid hits and then we have to and then we have no room for x amount of people to be here right man if you and if you work military stuff contracts are everything yep and you and, know and you know well we wrote a 15-year contract well let me tell a little something that maybe not all of our viewers know the military never writes themselves into a hard contract right oh we wrote the contract for 15 years well if you think that they would have to hold out for 15 years when they didn't when they don't really want to they're not going to right They'll pay whatever little waiver here. Oh, here, we're cutting it off early. Well, you owe us 10 mil. Yeah, here's your 10 mil. Now, pound saying, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. and that's how it is. Like, so things could be going really good. But like, like you said, six, something like COVID hits. Well, we're downsizing or whatever else. We realize that, you know, we're over expenditures and this is one of the programs we're cutting. Mm-hmm. Shit. Now, what do I do? Right. Or so you should always have, I always tell people this new guys, old guys, whatever else. And I, and I just sent, you mine the other day six again (laughs) (laughs) but uh always have your resume updated it should always be current up to date i'm not saying once a week update it but you should always have a current copy that's at least within one month one month of relevancy right and a a good a good rule of thumb for that is like whenever you guys come up for your performance reviews or whatever the case may be however often that happens quarterly um twice a year once a year that'd be the time to start redoing, uh, start uh, updating your resume because that's when you're hearing your boss's feedback and that kind of answers a lot of like re- like interview questions like what does your boss think about you or what are your biggest assets? You're hearing this from the horse's mouth and the, you're getting the answers for, for the test. Throw that stuff in there and what the metric is, you know, kind of tweak it a little bit so it sounds like you're the one saying it, not your boss. But you're taking their, you're taking their exact words and so when you go to a, when you actually transition and do another interview, all those answers are already there. 
Right. So when I often ask you, what's your biggest uh, weakness and what's your greatest strength? Well, for most people, that's hard to write about yourselves, right? We're not, most of us aren't conditioned to be like, I'm the best at this. And oh, I, my communication skills are lacking or whatever else. We're mm-hmm. not programmed to talk ourselves up and, and talk ourselves down. Mm-hmm. Um, so use your bot in those instances, like Six said, use your boss's words. Hey, excellent, excellent communicator, excellent writing skills. Um, fantastic at uh, deep diving issues and writing new procedures. Like use, use all that stuff. Right. And then as you're building your resume, you may like some, some info might not be relevant no more, right? Like we're not going to track everything you've done for the past 18 years or whatever. Some, some people haven't changed the job in like 10, 15, however many years. So a lot of stuff you had in your old resume is no longer relevant. Right. Or um, say like, or you've only held one position for like the last 15 years, but when you first went, but when you first went in, you know, you didn't have anything. So this is where you can go from just telling what you've experienced to what you're good at doing, right? Like start expanding on the, on the skill base, like the, the, the knowledge, your skills and your abilities, right? Like expand on that. Right. And you can use specific examples at work as to what fulfills that role. Right. We can go into a whole episode about resume writing in of itself. Right. But there there's better people on youtube and better people who are who you can hire to do this stuff that are way better than us but like what and you can even do like what six and i do is we we send each other our resumes hey can you read this over tell me if sounds good uh think of any better words i could use whatever and we we, that's how we do it we just bounce it back and forth and say because you you know if you're looking at your own resume all the time you're like it looks good to me but Mm -hmm. I'm not the person reading it on the other end. So let me have somebody on the other end, read it and see how, how it sounds and how it looks. And Oh, Hey, you're a little wordy here, but you should expand on this over here. Mm -hmm. Um, Use this word instead of this word. And you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Like you use your, use your friends and counterparts. Right. Absolutely. And uh, another quick tip about resumes. uh, We kind of went into this a little bit in our Q and a episode is keep it short, right? Short, simple to the point, because, um, most people like hiring managers and recruiters, they have the intention span of maybe like two minutes tops. Right. So if I have to like dig in more than two minutes on a resume, you're done. Like it doesn't matter if you were like the most qualified person in the world. If I have to like really like dig down with a microscope or like really read stuff. Cause you decided to put everything in a resume, you're done. <laughs> and that's just, that's just it. Well, and know this, that there's and most companies now have a computer program, right? Mm-hmm. You submit your thing. And it gets run through this computer program. And that computer program is looking for specific keywords for whatever that job is you applied for, right? Right. And if it doesn't see any of them or enough of them, it just you know, automatically discards you. Yep. And that's why I say you got to use, you know, bounce it off your, bounce it off your friend to say, hey, am I, does this all sound right? Because you don't want to be, again, you could be like Six said, the most qualified person in the world, but maybe your writing skills aren't so great. Mm-hmm. You're an excellent mechanic. Top top of the line can't be beat, but your writing skills might be a little lacking, and so that 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 are automatically just dis, discards you from the uh, from the job applications, right? So, and then also, it, let's say you make it through the system, right? Now it's in the hands of a recruiter. Well, let's face it: nine times out of ten, the recruiter is somebody who's never worked on the asset in their life, or never been a mechanic on anything. Mm-hmm. A recruiter for HR for human resources, and they're just looking for those keywords or whatever else too. Oh, who's who's looks the nicest? Who's is worded the nicest? Who's you know 
who used a certain type of font. I don't know, but yeah. but you you have to you have to write it to where it can finally make it to the hands of somebody when they read your credentials. Goes, oh yeah, this person's got their stuff squared away because they know they understand and what what they're reading on your resume right and i i would say this again this good this we're kind of expanding a, a little bit on the resume is if say you do get hit up by a recruiter or a hiring manager give the same give answers similar to what you put on your resume <laughs> I, I swear right. man i i've uh i've actually interviewed somebody who who was saying one thing but his resume says another like wait a minute like i like i had to like double take and like am i talking to the right person it's like is your name so-and-so like yeah that's me like you're you live in this place like i'm actually having to double verify information to make sure i'm talking to the right person and then so yeah. like okay so like it says you did this but like you're telling me something else like so what's going on right instantly right then and there you're done right because i have if i have to clarify stuff that make, makes no sense to your resume and and i get it yeah i feel but, like you're lying to me yeah, yeah. and i get it because sometimes people they'll they'll hire an individual or they'll have someone who's really expert level at resumes and they'll they'll church up one for you right but they'll say it in such a way that that kind of jumps out, right? Like it, it embellishes a little bit more than what it is, right? But yep. if you're if you're gonna do that, that's cool. But at least like like have it ready so whenever the, you do get the call up, you have your answers at least match. Cause like nothing will turn somebody off than something that doesn't match up to what you said on paper that you verified that is straight and true, and then it right. doesn't come out of your mouth the same way, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and you never know who you're going to run into, right? Like the area where, uh, six and I live is, uh, a big aerospace industry is in this area, numerous companies, multiple locations, all within, you know, as close as five minutes to an hour's drive from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know who you're going to run into at the store or on the plane ride, flying somewhere, you know? So, so have the, have those have that resume ready because somebody's like hey what do you do oh i do this is that oh really have, have you ever well have you ever considered this you know i'm i'm such and such over at this company and i'm looking for a new whatever have you ever considered that well no i haven't really given it much thought well do you have a resume well yeah here hey you're, you're somebody who i could use you know yeah and then and then there you go you might not even you might even enjoy your job and you're like yeah i'm not even looking but this guy comes along and says hey here's something better that you didn't even know about Mm-hmm. Well, what's the pay? Oh, it's one hundred and forty thousand a year. Well, dang, I'm only making eighty thousand now. One hundred and forty sounds pretty damn good. Heck yeah! You just ne- you just never know. So the transitioning might even come when. Well, it all, for me, I always feel like it comes when I least expect it. I think this last one was the only one that I I saw coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I I kind of I kind of knew it was coming. Um, but every time before that, it was mostly just running into people like the job when I took it back east I was working on a ramp in Santa Barbara and there were two mechs across the way from another company and they needed to borrow a tool that we had because they were on the road and we were you know we were just an hour from our home base hey you know we we weren't able to bring this this type of tool with us because we flew out here do you guys have anything like that oh yeah let me pull it out of the van you guys can use it real quick you know Mm -hmm. cool thanks and then just that conversation and sure enough that that took me to a job on the other end of the country. Yeah. Just, just that conversation. So you just never know what's, uh, when it's going to come. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, especially when, if you're actually considering transitioning or moving from one place or one job to the next, don't burn your bridges. Right. 
Uh, no, don't. Do not do that. I mean, unless you know for sure, like this company is going under. I will never work here again. I will not be. I will not touch foot anywhere near these areas ever again. Then, I mean, take that. Uh, take it for what it is. Go ahead. But do not burn your bridges because, like, say for whatever reason, you go to com- you go from company A to company B or or place A to place B, and that place blows, and you. Why you you think to yourself, okay, I made a big freaking mistake. I wonder if company A or place A will get me back. But you just said fuck the world when you left. You you can grovel all you want, and they're not gonna do. They're not gonna entertain you at all. And we're like, oh, guess who came crawling back to daddy? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and you gotta also understand that if you go back to a company you worked at before, um, which I have, uh, there will be a lot of that. So just understand that. They're like, oh. So the grass really wasn't greener, mm-hmm. and you just got You got. You just got to be an adult about it and go. Nope, it wasn't. And then I'm back here. I'm back here now. And this and that. And everybody gets. Oh yeah, I thought you were a big, big person leaving this and that. But you know, in all reality, you, it's just it's just probably your friends that you worked with before just giving you a hard time out of out of fun. Right. But you 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 got to know that uh, I wouldn't have been able to go back had I had I not had I burned bridges. I guess. Right. Or like say like you. You burned a bridge with a manager who was, who you thought at the time was a total dick, right? Uh, right. He, he like he may may or may not have been. It could have been just a job, but whatever case or another, you burned that bridge. Like f the world, I hate you. I don't ever want to see your face again. I don't want to work for you no more. Fuck you, right? And then you go and then for whatever reason or another, you find him in charge of another company or some shit, and it's some place that you want to go to, and. You you guys see each other in company C or place C, and like, oh look who the fuck it is! Like oh god damn it, right? And he still he still remembers the time when you told him to go fuck himself, and and now your your new job is hinging on his acceptance of you, and you yep. really you really think he or she's gonna want to like put you into consideration? Fuck no! <laughs> nope, not at all. Not in the least. So again, like I mean, if 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 moving or transitioning or going or changing jobs is, is is the decision you're gonna make like do as best you can to preserve what you have there because you never know if you're gonna have to find yourself coming back there or if the people who are in charge of you or worked alongside you are gonna be at a new spot that you're trying to get hired in though those can be the make or break for you especially if they know you're a piece of shit so <laughs> Well, like I always say, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Yes. You you have to, uh, you have to make those connections. That's why we're talking about don't burn the bridges, make the connections. You never know who is going to be your new boss, right? Yeah. Um, You know, I had a job in the past where I took it and my new supervisor was a guy I'd worked with in the past. Not directly. We were on different programs, but I knew of him. But, you know, you hear the horror stories, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, some people are less than adequate or have, they have kind of an attitude of themselves and they think higher of themselves than they probably should. But, you know, uh, but that helped me get the job just by knowing, knowing that individual. And, and we end up having a pretty good relationship after that. You know, it's one of those don't judge a book by its cover type thing. Right. Uh, I remember uh, my supervisor from one of my last companies, I think you and I were there too. He mentioned that, uh, in a previous company, he had this one boss who was like a total fucking dick to this guy, like just being a straight up asshole. And then he, when he came, when he retired, he's like, fuck the world. I hate every single one of you and left. 
and then uh, our boss becomes the our boss for our current company, and then the retired guy who said fuck the world tries to get hired <laughs> by the company, and he finds out that the one one of the guys he said fuck the world to his uh, subordinate is now his hiring manager. <laughs> so oh. My how the turntables, you know. My my how the turns tables. <laughs> you know, I mean, imagine that, right? Imagine being in that yeah. in that spot. Like, you're you you're you had a boss who was like a complete asshole to you. He and then he leaves, you leave, you end up uh, going to company B and becoming some a, a big somebody like a like a a level two manager or somebody important. That same boss who was a total douche to you tries to get hired by the company, and now you're the one in control of his livelihood, I'm like. Yes. I, got, yes, you. I yes. got you now. Good. Come into my office. <laughs> I got you now. Or what's the what's the other one? Like, check out the name tag. You're my world now. <laughs> You're my world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like that's the ultimate power trip. Like, yes, yes. Um, another one is uh you ever seen Band of Brothers? Uh not in a long time. Okay. Uh there was this one scene at the uh in Band of Brothers where like the this one lieutenant had this uh, captain who's like a complete freaking asshole to him and then they go their separate ways and then the said lieutenant becomes a major sees the captain again but he never got promoted and so like they have like this like awkward stare down as they pass by each other and like hey captain like major <laughs> you know just kind of gives like the kind of gives like this dismiss like hey major motherfucker <laughs> you know and then yeah and then you can kind of see like the the friction in his face, like like God damn it, I hate you, fucking lieutenant, becoming <laughs> a damn major. How dare you get promoted, <laughs> right? But uh, I don't yep. know, like I I've I haven't ran into a situation like that, but I don't know how I would deal with it. I'm just like I probably like rub it in his face a little bit, like like good. So I I see that quite a bit in my current gig. There's a lot of uh, guys who are kind of upper brass mm-hmm. who got hired on here at this job and a lot of them took management positions but like uh there is one instance where one of their subordinates in the military is now their boss in the civilian world and there's like well 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 if it isn't colonel so and so remember me colonel yeah well guess what i'm your new boss like in uh, dodgeball yeah <laughs> <laughs> guess what peter lefleur i'm your new boss <laughs> But yeah, anyways. Um, I love that movie, man. I know. I just watched it last weekend with my dad. It Hell, was uh, hysterical. Heck yeah. So that, that brings up a good point. Uh, um, and I think, we, and this kind of revisits a subject we touched on earlier, is if uh, you're going from one position to another, just know that sometimes you might have to take a dip in your, in your um, position level, right? Like say... Uh, for military guys, especially oh, military man, like my heart goes out to every single one of you. But once you leave, once you take that uniform off, that rank doesn't exist. Okay, <laughs> take take that yeah. with a huge grain of salt. Like if you were an E nine or an officer or something like that, when that uniform comes off, you're just Joe. No one cares, right? No one cares how many medals you got. No one cares how many stripes or shiny shit you got. You're just now Joe. So. When you when you take these positions, like you could have been like some major big big boy boss or big girl boss. Now you're just whatever. You gotta learn to to uh bridge that gap or gotta learn to dial it down some and take some humility because 
these the, these individuals who probably were never in the military or were once in the military at a lower rank and now they're higher up than you, they tell you what to do and you can't just come in there toting around like, oh, I was a freaking sergeant major or I was a master gunnery sergeant or I was a, uh, a two-star general. Like, cool story, bro. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> Get right. on Here's your broom and go get the sweeping. Fuck you. Well, and I think a common misconception when people transition is that just by the type, you know, each company labels their their positions differently. It might be the same job type or job description and duties, mm-hmm. but they have it labeled differently. So over at this company, you might be, um, you know, inspector, uh, lead inspector, you know, four or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at this company, you're just called. Um, you're just a you're just a quality inspector right okay it's the same thing uh everything else but people get hung up on titles so what i'm getting at is don't get hung up on titles because titles don't always mean more pay right it's just how that company chooses to word that so a lot of people get hung up on like well i don't want to take that because it's just this i'm like yeah but what's the pay i don't know i didn't apply because it says this i'm like the pay could have been forty five thousand dollars more a year than what you're making now but you're just you won't do it apply to see because of the what the t- the the job title is Ooh. so don't get don't get too hung up on on, on titles because I, I think a lot of people like like you were saying right getting out of the military you've you put your time and you made a certain rank you've earned that respect or whatever else um mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter on the civilian side what what matters on the civilian side and is what's taken me a long time to learn is that money money mm-hmm. talks man yeah you, you want to call me you want to call me uh janitorial services of of bathroom tile grout fine if that pays 140 a year you can call me whatever you want to call me you know what i mean like <laughs> yes. i don't care right. i just i just want the money <laughs> right now and that, and that goes again too like uh just because your the pay is higher doesn't mean your title's greater either you know what i mean like your Correct. your pay can be freaking up the walls like uh in high double figures mid triple figures but your your area of responsibility is really low, and some people that gets to their head, right? Like, oh, I make a hundred thousand a year. Like, cool story, bro. You're still not in charge of me. <laughs> yeah, you still, yeah, you have to do more than me, and you make less than me. Ha! Uh, you know, like that was that was you and I in a, in a past position. Yes, uh, and I think there's also man. I think one of the girls at the at DTM mentioned that too. Like, she was like a uh, manager's assistant. I want to say, I think I got that right. Like a manager assistant and was getting X pay. And then there was like this secretary who just like answered phone calls all day. I was making like just as much, if not more than she was. I'm like, WTF. Oh, yeah, just because she was older. Like, well, she's got more, she's got a family. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, don't, don't, don't take in the salary compensation as your higher ranking or your, your higher right. in the importance chain than somebody else. Say, may they they may your your salary package may have been due to your circumstances. Who the hell knows? But that doesn't mean tell people what to do just because you make more. I'm telling you right now, they they will slap you down pretty good, one way or another. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like I like I said, uh, don't get too hung up on the titles. Money talks and and benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's look at it this way, right? Let's take another aspect of it. Well. You know, I was making one hundred and twenty thousand a year. Okay, but you know, I, I I don't like the job anymore. It's not it's not fun for me. I'm not learning anything. I lost my job. I whatever. Okay, well, here's a job over here that's only paying 
70. Yeah. Man, that's a massive pay cut. It sure is. But but what are the benefits like? Are the benefits cheaper? Are they equal equal coverage but cheaper cost? Like uh talking with a friend of mine the other day. Actually, yeah, they they're actually no cost to me. The company pays a hundred percent of it. So oh. So that nothing gets taken out of your paycheck. No. Fantastic. Okay. Uh what other print benefits? Well, I'm I'm getting ready to sell my uh sell my one vehicle because the company provides me a vehicle. Oh. Well that's nice. And and they pay for it all? Yeah, all I have to do is pay for uh gas when I'm using it for personal use. Oh, so like you don't have to pay for gas every day when you're driving to and from work? No, it'd just be on the weekend if I wanted to drive and go visit someplace. Okay. Awesome. So they're covering the insurance on that too. Yep. Fantastic. So, so there's a lot of jobs, right? Where, where, well, I don't know. Let's say there's a lot, but there are jobs or were jobs that have these added benefits. So the pay is lower, but there's much higher perks. I.e., you're probably taking home more at the end of the day because you're not paying a car payment. You're not paying that car insurance. You're not paying medical benefits. You're not, you know, you have oh, you have a company credit card and they allot you. Uh, 500, 400 a week in grocery bills or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, so yeah, your annual pay isn't that, isn't as high as it once was, but you have so many added perks, right? Yes. Uh, which, which makes up for all that. So you end up taking home more at the end of the day. Like that's, that's fantastic too. Yeah. So again, don't get hung up on titles and, and numbers. Like it's, it's, a lot of it is uh, benefits and perks and things like that. Like what, what else comes with that job? You know, that's a dang, that's a really good point you mentioned there, man. Cause that was a big transition factor for me, especially w- uh, coming out of the military. Cause y- everyone jokes about like, Oh, you get your military guys. You don't get paid that much. True. But like what MVP said, man, like, but my medical's covered. My insurances are covered. My utilities are covered. My housing's covered. Like my, like my paycheck is just like my spend me money. Like, like, I'm just there. Right. That, that's my fuck you money at that point. Cause I don't, everything else is, is covered. If you can find a civilian job that, or any job or company that does something similar. Yeah. Your, your, your take home salaries might probably like 40 K, but if everything else is taken care of or compensated for, that's a win. Cause I can tell you now, man, like ha, if, uh, yeah, I mean, especially here yeah. in California, like that living wage, <laughs> it's real steep. <laughs> I'll say that it's real steep. You would need like at least seventy k or more just to survive in somewhere as high high priced as California. <laughs> I mean, even seventy k will, will only get you in certain areas. Yes, like that's not even that's not anywhere in the state, mind you. It's it's only only in certain areas. But like, so that's another thing, you know. Like people, you also got it when you're transitioning. Where are you moving to? Yes. Oh well, you know, I was working in uh, South Florida and. You know, Florida's got uh, no state tax and this and that. So, you know, pay is this and that. But I'm taking this job in California. I want to go experience that California sunshine. Okay, well, what did you take in pay? Well, I just took an equal pay transition. Well, that's, it doesn't equate, man. You're going to, you're going to be losing out your ass because of the taxes and everything else. Yes. And then location, location's a big, big aspect too. Right. And then like uh, most people who are in California know that, Almost everyone that works in California, they commute some distances from where they actually live to where they work. And some of them are anywhere from 30 to an hour and some change. So now you got to factor in like the, tra- the the commute time. You got to factor in all sorts of other stuff. 
that you probably oh, yeah, all the gas expenditures that yeah. cost for your vehicle going up so that's another thing you get uh, if you guys are going from one place to another is you got to factor in like all the hidden fees right like the stuff that you normally don't worry about because you're more concerned about how much money you're you're taking in to pay the things that you need to i remember there was this one meme that says like like uh I wait till when I get paid, I wait till I pay all my bills to see how happy I really am. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh my exactly. God. As I, as I tear up, like, Oh my God, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> how happy am I going to be this paycheck or this payday? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it really comes down to. There's lots of factors to, to take in when, when looking into getting a new job, which is what we, talked about earlier like a lot of people don't just wake up and say i'm quitting my job today without having something else in line and, and most of the time that's been a year you know months to years in the making right um weighing out the benefits of different places you know do i want to leave the state i'm in do i want to leave the town i'm in do i want to leave family friends kids schools whatever whatever that caught you know there's there's tons of tons of uh factors to account for when when taking on a new job yes you know and uh so and again it all comes down to what what's best for you like what's best for you what's best for your family and to figure that out you really need to sit down with your family if you got it and, re and really figure out those hidden fees or those hidden movements right like how much do you spend for food how much do you spend for gas how much do you spend for this it sounds like a pain and some of these are very circumstantial but you, when you figure all these out, you come out, you can come out with a fairly uh, accurate price tag of how much it's going to cost for you to can, to live the way you are or live better. And then how much you're willing to take in, in compensation and salary, because if it doesn't meet those, you know, you're going to have to start cutting stuff away. And some people are very set in their ways and don't like to uh, lose certain aspects of their livelihood. So those are things you need to consider, especially when you're moving from a one state to another or from one section of a state to another, because those places have different tax tax uh, laws right. too. Well, even uh, like like Six said, it, get get your spouse involved if you have a spouse, right? Mm -hmm. Get your spouse involved. Get your kids involved, because they might bring up things that you're not really thinking about, right? You're focused on the job. You're focused on the benefits. You're focused on the pay, but you know you might if. If, especially if you've got kids that are teenagers and in school, you know, you say, man, this would be such a great opportunity for us as a family. But, but the kids are going, yeah, but I'm involved in sports here. All my, I'm, you know, I'm 16. All my friends are here. Like, this is all I've ever known. And so you go, man, I don't want to take the kid away from all that at 16 years old. He's only got two more years to go. And then, and then he's out the door and then we can maybe revisit the, the moving situation at that point in time. Right. Right. There's just lots of lots of factors too. I mean, I know my dad gave up a, a great opportunity. I think when I was probably 12 or 13, uh, because we were established where we were at. Yeah. You know, with my sister and I, with uh, our friends, our friends and everything. Yeah. In school and sports and whatever. So he let it go because that it would have been better for us to just remain where we were at as the family, not for him, but as as the family. Right. And sometimes that happens, right? Like it, it, it'll cost more to transition and which does happen sometimes. Sure. And so in, in those cases, you're just gonna have to swallow the pill and just, um, uh, just deal with it, uh, and try to make life as best as you can 
where you're currently at until you're coming to a point. Where, okay, okay, now we're at the at the moment where we can make a decision because sometimes you know like like uh, what MVP alluded to is you'll you'll make that snap decision because you're just fed up with your job and whatever and you didn't factor in anything else. You make that move and now everything is like five times harder than what you expected because you didn't account for all those other uh, hidden movements. Yep, little little expenditures that add up here and there. Right, and then moving itself is a, is an expenditure in itself. That's probably like the largest amount of waste is traveling from point A to point so, B. So another another thing to, to contemplate when searching for a new job that might take you away from the area you're in, does that company have move, pay for moving expenses or is that, hey, we're going to do this, but it's you know, all out of pocket to you on yeah. the move? Yeah. Like, Damn, well I got to move I got you know it's me and a, and a spouse and three kids and uh and two dogs and let's see uh we have a uh 2500 square foot house full of uh you name it mm-hmm. from life and let's see it's going to cost me 25 to 30,000 dollars to get it all moved to the other side of the country. Jeez. I I don't know a lot of people but I know for me that that that's that's not even financially feasible. <laughs> no, not even the least. To, to just move, right, for the job. Like, okay, well, is the job paying me 500000 a year? Maybe, maybe I, I, I risk it for that. You know, take out a small home loan or a business loan or some shit yeah. to move. But, like, yeah, if, if it's one of those, like, oh, yeah, you got to move it across the country, but you got to foot the bill if you want this job. Like, I, I can't do it then. Right. <laughs> Now maybe if you're like if like you can fit everything into a U-Haul truck like a a, a decent sized U-Haul truck which is like I don't know like three thousand yeah. for the run cool yeah if you're a single person and all you got is you and a couple of things in your car or whatever all right yeah make the plunge who cares but <laughs> but that again that's just people in different stages of life so you know mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities get get passed up by uh, people with families just because. The, the, it can't do the move or let's just say you're single this and that but your whole family is based on one end of the country and you don't really want to move away from them mm-hmm. i get that too you know but yeah again, what, what's better for your mental sanity both in and out of work so lo- lots of things to consider most definitely all all kinds of stuff and again you do do what's best for you that's really what it comes down to it whatever when that trigger pull happens if or that button push happens and you know it's something you want to do, just be prepared, right? Uh, factor in all the things that you consider, maybe talk it over with your spouse or someone else who has done something similar, like a similar transition. Hear what they have to say. So maybe uh, like bridge the gap of stuff that you may or may not have seen and maybe some easier ways to do it than you have not considered. Yeah, and and know, know, and know this, you're not stuck. If you get over there and figure out this it just wasn't for you it would look better on paper than it is in in person you're not stuck yeah you might have to suck it up for a little bit or you know maybe you signed a a one-year contract or something but once that's up you know bounce again um i always thought i was going to be one of those people who worked 40 years at one place and retired and and within the span of a decade i think i've changed jobs six six times or so so what the hard, first time was the hardest and it just gets easier. And I know at some point it's probably going to have a negative, it's going to have a negative maybe stipulation on me, right? Like, man, this, he moves around a lot, but like I told him, I, I they, in, in this last interview, they gave me examples. They're like, Hey, you kind of, you kind of bounce a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, 
Like, would you care to elaborate? Sure. And I gave him explanations. Uh, manager embezzlement. Uh, company uh, pissed off its customers and withheld work and was losing money. So it wasn't financially feasible for me to hang around. Um, tired of being, uh, having all this responsibility and no authority and getting shit on for it. Uh, you know, you name it. And they're like, oh, okay. They're like, we just wanted to see if you had valid reasons or if you were just one of those. Like, no, nope, fuck this place. I, I hate it here. Or, you know, just what your what your excuses were like oh i didn't i didn't get uh my way so i quit you know type thing yeah yeah at least get those those stories right uh final thoughts mvp uh i think i think we just kind of said some final thoughts like i said um you know update your resume make sure it's polished get your friends to uh, proofread it for you um take in all the factors when considering a new job from benefits to pay to location uh, get your family's input and know that you're not stuck if it doesn't work out. Fantastic points, man. All good points, man. I'm like, I'm actually writing this down as you're talking. <laughs> and then, and then, and again, in the end, this is all what's best for you. Like you're the one who's going to know, like if you're in a shit storm of situation or it's detrimental to your way of life one way or another. And when it's time to go on, it's time to move on. It's time to move on and don't let, don't just let it sit like you're stuck like what MVP said and just know like if you do make a transition and it was a bad call, you're not stuck. There's still ways to move on. You might have to suck it up a little bit, but it, you just know it's not, nothing's permanent. <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing's set in stone. All right. Thanks everybody. We'd like to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to keep producing episodes, bring on guests and keep shoreline ever to happy to produce our show with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Stephanie Boltman, Jenny Dignan, Ryan Frushauer, Daniel Schubert, and Steven Shivers. Thank you all, our patrons, so much for all your support and, again, your patronage. If you have ideas, topics, or stories for the show, or you would like to be a guest on the show, visit cancelformaintenance.com and drop us a line on our Contact Us section. We will do whatever we can to get you and or your ideas onto the show. Check out our sponsor, Rockwell Time, for all sorts of outdoors and sporting apparel such as watches, safety-rated sunglasses, and snowboarding goods. Visit rockwelltime.com, use code CX4MX, and save 10% off your purchases. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cancelformaintenance. Patronage, again, allows us to continue making episodes and maintain our gear. Patrons also get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, and discounts to our upcoming merch.